welcome back to Freedom by Faith Ministries. So today we're going to continue our talk on biblical prosperity. And today will be our last um, session on this topic. So we're going to talk about giving. So I spoke earlier, I think, I don't remember how many videos ago, but we spoke about the fact that, you know, our concept of prosperity is to have more, right? So the more money you have, the more the world considers you prosperous is to have more. And so the Bible is very clear that it's giving that actually, um, that the definition of prosperity is different in that giving is what uh, gives us prosperity and wealth comes from giving. It's that keeping as much as you can for yourself, how much money can you acquire property and things, um, but it's giving things away in the kingdom of God, right? So the kingdom of this world operates one way where the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of light operates a different way. And so we're going to look at the ministry of giving and why it's so important as a believer that we give. So Malachi 3 verse 10, I think everybody knows this verse. It's very um, popular in church. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I'm going to read 11 also. It says your crops will be abundant. Right? So it's, so it's talking about material things. So a lot of people think, you know, some people have the opposite view where material things are evil. And materialism is to love material things. It's not to have. Materialism is not to have material things. Right? So God blessed Abraham with property. Okay, um, he had servants and all kinds of things, including King David, Solomon. So they were wealthy from a physical, material um, uh, aspect, right? So, so it's not just, oh, having joy and peace, but you're not supposed to have anything. So there's some religions who believe that, and that's a lie, because God blessed his children with property, with things, with material things, right? So it's not, so materialism, it's a sin to love those things because that is a form of idolatry where your priority in life is to have things right but the bible says if you seek first the kingdom all of these things will be added onto you and he's talking about material things that a lot of religions are in a disagreement with that right but the, but god tells you your crops these are these are things that you can touch and feel those are the things that god will bless you with okay so let's not deceive ourselves to think god wants people to be poor and you just you know, the blessings that God talks about is joy and peace. No, those are blessings, including material things also. So we need to say what the Bible says, right? So people who struggle with poverty think it's God's will for them, to, for them to be poor because they're poor. And then they look at people who are wealthy and think they're evil, right? And there's no verse in scripture that God says, I bless people with poverty. There's no verse that says that. So we need to stop saying things that the Bible does not say, right? So it says that I will pour out a blessing, right? I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. What kind of blessing is God talking about? He says, um, your crops will be abundant. Your, your crops, those are material things. That, and he called that a blessing. It is blessing to have material things. It's a, it's a curse to love those things, right? So God blesses people who obey him with material things, including non-material things like joy, peace, health, a long life. Those are blessings, including material things. So it's not a sin to have material things, especially if it comes from God as a reward for your obedience, 
right? So if you obey God in bringing tithes and offerings to the storehouse, which I think means the church, whatever church you belong to, your crops will be abundant, right? For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes, those are material. So he's talking about, you know, maybe somebody who's a farmer in this example, but you don't have to be a farmer to be blessed, obviously. So I'm just kind of putting that out there that God is talking about material things. Blessed, it is a blessing to have material things. And I'm not afraid to say it because God is saying it. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land property. Your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Right? And so it's important to know that God is talking about people here who are prosperous, right? They have crops, they have land, graves. Those are people who have things. And God is saying, I'm opening up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing. And these are the blessings, your crops, your grapes, your land will be blessed. And he's saying this to people who are faithful in giving tithes and offerings, right? So that's another way to, to prosper is to give your tithes and you owe God. And so let's go, let's look at the verses before that, actually. Let's look at... Um, Verse seven says, ever since the days of your ancestors, so this is God talking to Israel, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. Um, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me right so that means if you owe a debt that's what's due right the money that's due so that means we are, we owe god his tithes they belong to him the money that belongs to god belongs to god and i think jesus said the same thing give to god what what belongs to him and give caesar what belongs to him so you pay your taxes and you tithe it's important to god oh but that's old testament jesus is in the new testament so let's not play games Oh, well, it's Old Testament. We don't have to obey the Old Testament. There's no verse that says don't obey Old Testament. It says that we're no longer under the law of Moses. This is not the law of Moses. This is God speaking to his people. Okay? So we, let's not do this whole, oh, we don't have to believe the Old Testament because we're New Testament Christians. The whole Bible is the word of God. And Jesus is the word of God. Jesus was in Old Testament. He's always been in existence because he is God. So we need to take every word in scripture seriously right so this is not the law of moses that he's giving to his to his um to, to israelites this is god speaking to his people directly and he's saying that you have cheated me because you have not paid your tithes right so you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings that are due to me so we owe god these tithes that belong to him you are under a curse and your whole nation has been cheating me and then he goes on to say, bring all the tithes and offerings. And then the blessings that come from tithing are material things, right? So we're searching for the world and how to have material possessions to have more for us. And he says, you have more, you will have possessions of material things, wealth, physical wealth, not just health, joy, and peace, which are blessings, obviously. But here he's specifically talking about material things, blessings from heaven, for material things to people who are faithful in giving him his tithes and offerings that are due to him, right? So we need to practice tithing. It is not an Old Testament um, 
it is not an Old Testament uh, law of Moses that we don't have to follow anymore. That is a lie. That is a lie. We must bring our tithes and offer because, of, because if you're not doing that, you're stealing from God. You are cheating him out of what is due and owed to him. And Jesus said it in the New Testament, you must give to Caesar what you owe him, which is taxes. And you must give to God what you owe him, which are tithes and offerings. Okay. And the reward for that are prosperity, that you will prosper. Okay. Let's look at Galatians 6. 7 to 9. Now, Galatians 6, 7 to 9 is not talking about material things per se, but it's interesting to know that, you know, God has promises and blessings to his people, and they're almost always attached to some sort of condition, right? If you give me the tithes and offering that's owed to me, I'm going to make sure you, you're blessed and prosperous. There's another verse that's unrelated to what we're talking about today, where he says, if you hear me, if you hear my words, you know, I will make sure that you remain healthy. He's talking to, I think he was telling uh, Moses to talk to the Israelites that the, the diseases that you saw in Egypt, in the Egyptians, you're not going to see them if you obey my voice, right? Hearken, hearken upon my voice or something like that, that he was saying. So if you hear me and you obey me, I will not put diseases upon you that I did with the Egyptians, right? There's always some conditional promise. If you do this, I will do that. So we're not, we're in a covenant um, relationship with God. A covenant is a contract, basically, that is irrevocable. And when you're looking at a contract, you have the responsibilities of party, not party A, and you have the, these are the responsibilities of party B. In order for this contract to be valid, both parties have responsibilities and you both sign that you are in agreement with this contract. And that's what we have with Jesus, with God, right? So, so when God makes promises to us, we have a, a responsibility to, to fulfill the end of our, of our deal. Right? We have to fulfill the end of, of the deal that we are signing with Christ. When we, when we give our lives to Jesus, we're in, we're in a covenant promise with God. And so he's saying, Galatians 6, 7 to 9 says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Right? So, so we're not talking really about money or possessions or prosperity specifically here. But what you do in this earth determines how successful you are going to be. Right. So the things that you do, you're planting a seed and it, and, it, and it determines the kind of tree that is going to form, the kind of fruit that's going to come out of that tree. So if you plant seeds of apples over years of, of, of that tree, of that seed growing, it's going to end up with a tree that produces apples. Right. So what you produce later in life is a is a demonstration of all the seeds that you have you have planted throughout your lifetime. Right. So what kind of seeds are you planting? Are you being greedy, prideful, rebellious against God? Because there are consequences of that sickness, death and all kinds of destruction. Pride goes before destruction. Right. So we see Christians being destroyed all the time. Oh, it's Satan all the time. No, it's all the seeds of wickedness that we have planted all these years. And now those trees are blooming and you're going to have to you're going to have to suffer those fruits and eat those fruits that you have planted. So he says, don't be misled. God is not mocked. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, right? You're, you're, you're living just for your flesh. What I eat, what I wear, where I live, you know, the schools that my kids go to. Like we only care about material. Like we only care about things of the flesh that satisfy our flesh. And that's all we care about, right? It, you harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Holy Spirit 
will harvest, will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So when we're talking about prosperity, is your is your reason to want prosperity is just for the sake of prosperity? Is it to advance God's kingdom? Right? So tithing is pleasing to God and it advances his kingdom because because God is telling his disciples, go out into all the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Right? Cast out demons, raise the dead. So when, when ministries are sending out missionaries to do what Jesus is saying, it costs money. Right? And so the money that is owed to God so that Jesus's commission can be fulfilled for missionaries to go out into all the world to preach the gospels. You can't just like close your eyes and now I'm in Japan all of a sudden. It costs money to get there and that money has to come from somewhere and that money belongs to God and when we're robbing God by not tithing, right, we're not advancing the kingdom and the Bible says Priest, the, the, the gospel will be preached throughout all the nations and then the end will come, which means this is when Jesus is returned. So we are making way, this is a whole other topic which I'm probably going to have to do a talk on. We're making way for the coming of Christ, right? So we're going to see rumors of war and pestilences, but that's not the end. It says when the gospel in pre is preached throughout all nations and then the end will come, right? So Jesus is returning, but every nation has to hear the gospel, even if they don't believe it or reject it. But when Jesus comes back, they can't say, oh, we don't know about this Jesus person. Who is this person? You can't judge us that we don't accept Jesus. We've never heard of this name, right? So, so we have to do our part, right? So, so pestilences, um, you know, all kinds of natural disasters and wars and rumors of wars, we can't help that. But our role in preparing and making the way for the coming of of Christ, the second coming of Christ, is to preach the gospels, which costs money, right? So if we're robbing God and not tithing because we don't have to tithe anymore, it's in Old Testament, right? You're robbing God and he's not able to advance the kingdom. He's not able to, we're not able to spread the gospel to our nations because we're so disobedient in our, and how stingy we are with our money. And here it says, those who live only to satisfy themselves, they reap decay, which is sickness and death right from that sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit and tithing pleases the holy spirit it is the will of god we saw that in malachi 3 they harvest everlasting life from the spirit okay i'm going to read verse 9 it says so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing there's that word again if we don't give up so if we if we are sowing seeds that pleases the spirit and not just our flesh ourselves we're just not we're not living just to please ourselves my want my husband my kids you know my my finances we just care about our bills we just care about things that are satisfying to us but if we don't make it a priority to to do things that satisfy the holy spirit we're planting seeds of wickedness and you're going to harvest right the trees that come out of those seeds are decay and death and so many people, Christians including, are suffering right now as they get older because of all the seeds of wickedness they're sowing their entire life. Doing things just to please what they want. But we don't care what God wants until the very end when we're dying. Now all of a sudden, we're crying, now we're crying out to God. Right? But you have to eat the bitter fruit of evil and wickedness we have been planting all these years. Right? So it's important to do what pleases God so that we can experience everlasting life. So that was um, Galatians 6. Let's move on to Ecclesiastes 11. Verses 1 to 3 says, so this is, this is a little bit about investing in different things, 
Um, I don't really know a lot about investing. That's not really my area of strength or, under, uh, or knowledge. I don't know. I mean, I have a 401k because my job offers it, but I don't know a lot about investing. So a lot of Christians are very big on that. So that's their area of expertise. I don't know anything about investing. I don't have any knowledge about the stock market, how that works. I don't know anything about that. But because it is in scripture to invest, so I just thought I would mention it, but I'm not really going to say much about it because I don't know a lot about it. Um, Ecclesiastes 11 verses 1 to 3 says, Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. Divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it, where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. So that's basically it. Uh, I think the most important part is just, it says divide your investments among many places for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. So this is for people that invest their money in different things. It's, in, it's scriptural to do that. So I just thought I would add that for those people that are very into um, investing. Uh, so Luke 6. So this is about giving. Let's look at Luke 6, verse 38, which the very popular verse that we hear in church. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you. There's that word return to you. That's, so that, that's a return on your investment. When you give, right, you're not necessarily talking about, you know, stock market or investments necessarily, but it's a give to people. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So, the, so in, the, in Ecclesiastes, he says to invest in many different areas. And here he's talking about straight giving, right? And your money will return to you and more. Proverbs 19, verse 17. We have just two more verses. It's going to be a very short message today. Um, so let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs 19, verse 17. This is one of the verses I, I really love. It's important to God. To, we know these verses and, and follow them, right? It says, if you help the poor, you are lending to God and he will repay you, right? So we're talking about, you know, prosperity, investing, and we're going to all these different, you know, experts on how to make money back on your money and how to invest and where to invest and how to save. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with those things. But it's so important to know when you invest in the kingdom of God, God makes promises that the world can't. Right. Like you, you don't know, you know, how bad the economy is going to be in 10 years from now. You can't predict that. So you can be the best investing expert. You can't predict what 10 years is going to look like. You can't do that as a person, right? So even, even if you know the most um, knowledgeable investment banker, you know, stock market guru, whatever, they can't predict that, oh, a year from now, there's going to be a, a stock market crash. They can't predict that, really. Maybe they can, or they can give you some inclination. Um, but I can't imagine, I mean, I'm, I'm not in that world, so I can't really say, but that's their job is really try to teach you how to invest in the right investment you know whatever and this is the return whatever whatever it's all the advice that people have that's great but 
God can guarantee a return. A human being, they can't tell you what's going to happen 10 years from now. What, what the economy is going to be like. They, can't, they can always try to project based on what happened 10 years ago and how things are moving. They can give you some sort of estimation, I guess. But really, a sure, 100% foolproof investment return comes from God. Hands down. Right? Like, for example, it came to my mind, Noah. You know, if you think about it from a practical perspective, all the people that died in that flood... They, I would, they, I'm, I'm assuming their businesses, you know, flooded also. They didn't predict, they couldn't predict that, right? But Noah prospered because he listened to God. He, had, he was a man after, who, he was a, a man of God, I should say. And even though everybody died and all their businesses died with him, he prospered because he had a relationship with God. So it doesn't matter what's going on around the world where when COVID hit and all these people lost their jobs, I made over $3 million dollars selling gowns, God is so funny, selling hospital gowns, um, I, I, hospital isolation gowns, I made over $3 million within like a month because a, a hospital was very desperate. They, were, they weren't able to find, you know, gowns. That's a funny story, actually, um, that I made more money when COVID came, when everybody else was losing their job, staying home, they couldn't work. You know, people who, who, like, for example, if you work for a restaurant and restaurants have to close down and you only make money when you work, obviously, tips and all those things, right? So people are suffering financially and I made $3 million within a month. Like a, a hospital wrote me a check for, well, they sent me money directly uh, for over $3 million when COVID came to us in March. So around spring 2020, I believe, March, April, something like that. They were, they were so desperate that they were paying whatever money I asked them, they would give it to me, right? And so the whole world is falling apart and you're making money like crazy. That, that's how God works, right? And so that's an investment. Nobody could predict COVID, <laughs> but God knew, right? And I was already in that business, in, in a, um, uh, a health, a medical supplies business that I'm trying to work at right now. But at the time, because of COVID and all the craziness that was that was going on trying to get gowns here from China, like people were frantic, you know? So the whole world is falling apart and you're like a millionaire for the first time. You, you know what I'm saying? So that, so God does things that nobody can understand and you can't predict that. Like an investor or a financial advisor, they couldn't advise, oh yeah, COVID's gonna come and you're gonna make millions, don't worry. Like you can't give advice like that as a person, but God is faithful. He says, if you help the poor, you are lending to God. That means you owe God. That means God owes you money, and He's going to give it to you back if you give to the poor. So let's look at one more passage, and we are going to finish this series on prosperity. So Second Corinthians nine. So why is it so important to God that we give? Like, what's the point? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15. Let's look at that. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how to give, how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. 
So that's the point of my last passage. Why is it so important to God? We prosper in the kingdom of God by giving, right? In the world, you prosper by keeping more money for yourself. That's prosperity. The more money you acquire for yourself, that's prosperity. God says, no, you get more from God when you give first, right? So he says that, so the point, my last teaching point is this. God will generously provide all that you need. And he said this after you have planted generously, verses six and seven and eight, it says, and, <clears throat> right, you give to people cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others, right? So why is it so important to God that we give, right? You give and you receive, now you have enough, not only for yourself, that's a promise, now you have enough for others. Why is that so important for God? We're gonna keep reading. It says, as the scriptures say, they freely, they share freely and give generously to the poor, their good deeds will be remembered forever. I think this is a passage in either Psalms or Proverbs, I don't remember now. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So we give so God can give us back and now we have enough for ourselves and others. Why is that so important to God that we give to others? Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous, which means to give to others, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Right? So prosperity in the world is to just have stuff for me. More money, more things, bigger houses. Right? So, so the world's view of prosperity, the, 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 the point of wealth in the world system is for me to have more stuff. For myself more money to buy things to travel the world and all this other dream all these dreams that people have for themselves right but god says i will give you when you give to others so now you have more for yourself and to share with others and why when we this is paul talking to the corinthian church when the ministers who gets who you're giving to or now they are taking that money and giving it to people who are in need so that they can give thanks to God. But that comes from first giving to, to the poor or giving to the church, bringing your tithes and offerings. So the ministers here, he says, we, and when we, this is Paul talking, okay, ministers, Paul, when we take your gifts, right? So the church is giving a gift to Paul to give out to people who are in need, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Right. So what are those two things? So he says. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Right. And so we're giving so that God can get glory out of that. Right. So then the ministers, Paul and the people that he was traveling with, they'll take the gifts from this church and Give it to people who are in need, and then they will see the glory of God in that God is meeting their needs. Right? And so our giving is not, so we give 
and God gives us a return because you're, you're, when you give to the poor, you're lending to God. God will give you back to give you everything you need for yourself and to have enough to share for others. And when you take your money and give it to the poor or you give it to your church, God gets glory out of that. And that's the purpose of prosperity is to give so that God gets glory. He says, that um, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Right. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. And to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of your overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, two wonderful words. So we're going to end it there. So that was really the whole point of all these videos is to get to this point that this gives God glory. And that is a purpose of why we're here on this earth is to glorify God. It's not even about the money really, right? So we have prosperity. God gives us prosperity, money, gifts, you know, um, all the blessings that God has promised us if we're obedient to him. But at the end of the day, it's for his glory. That's the point, right? And so prosperity in this world is for me to have more things. It's to have more views and more followers and more subscribers. And like, I'm not into any of that. Like, I want to do what God wants me to do. Like, I want to do what God assigns me to do. If God wants me to minister to one person my entire life, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go after views and followers and people to know me and all this other stuff. Like, I, I'm here because God planted me here. That is his plan, and I'm going to do what, the best that I can to accomplish his purposes. And if, if God has made me successful financially, I'm going to use that to bless God back, right? So our purpose for prosperity is not so we can have more things like the world is teaching us, right? It's all about me, 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 and, you know, it's my truth, my ways, my feelings, my hurt, my opinion. Everything about me matters to me, you know. And that's, the, that's the way of our culture, and that's the downfall of this country is that everything's about me. And because we're not designed to please ourselves, that's why suicide is going up. People are miserable, depression, going to doctors, popping pills, because we're not designed to worship ourselves. And because we are the center of our world, that's why people are suffering. Right. But you, well, you have joy and peace in your heart, knowing that the God of heaven has chosen you for a specific assignment to accomplish his purposes in this world. And you have purpose. And, and when you know what your purpose is, that's where peace and prosperity comes from. Right. So doing the will of God, God will reward you financially. And now you have the resources to bless other people financially who will now bless God and thank him and glorify him because of your faithfulness and your obedience. Right. So all these videos that I've done, I don't even know if it's five or six on prosperity, I think it's four or five, whatever, um, the end result is glorify God with your money. That's it, right? So we have prosperity so that we can, so God gives us prosperity in, in relationship to our obedience to him. And in return, we give to people who are now going to bless and glorify God because of your giving. So Heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord, for today's topic we thank you for everything that you do your word is so amazing um so we thank you god for all the things that you have teach you have taught us today in this topic regarding prosperity we ask you lord to help us to keep our focus on you you said to seek first the kingdom of god 
in his righteousness so that everything else will be added onto you. So help us to focus our attention only on you. Lord, we ask you to help us to remain centered in your will to doing what you desire. And if it's something's not in your plans, revealing it to us so that we don't waste our time in things that are not even of you. So help us to remain centered in your will, remaining on that narrow, difficult path of righteousness so that we can have eternal life. Help us to plant seeds of, of doing things that pleases the Holy Spirit so that we can harvest everlasting life, prosperity, peace, joy, wealth, health, a long life in the name of Jesus. So we ask you to help every person who's joined today, Lord, to use these videos to teach them, to help them in the name of Jesus. If anybody here is suffering from financial lack and poverty, I rebuke that spirit now in the name of Jesus. And I, and I pray that God, you will help to relieve some of your the, the pain and the suffering that people are going through who are watching this video, that you help them in their finances, you help them to even give, even when they don't have much for themselves, that you will help us to get rid of that stronghold of anxiety, fear, holding on to things that don't even belong to us. So help us to give you what belongs to you, even when we are suffering financially, not even able to pay our bills, that we will practice the ministry of giving to the church, the ties that, that is owed, to you so that we're not robbing you and paying our bills with money that does not belong to us in the name of Jesus so that you can pour out a powerful blessing over your people even the people specifically that are suffering financially and, and having problems paying their bills or rent their mortgages but they are giving you what is due to you so that in due time when they're planting seeds that are pleasing to the Holy Spirit that you will bless them financially and that one day they will be in a position where they have so much for themselves that they will give to the poor who will then glorify your name. So we thank you again for joining us and I'm hoping that I can see you again next time. Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory, was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned, not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality healthcare. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.